Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Good Life Podcast with Mike Safosnik. You know I'm excited about today's guest when I trek all the way to New Jersey from my apartment in Manhattan just to interview him. First, let me thank everyone who's listened to and subscribed to the podcast. It can be found on iTunes or any podcast platform by searching Mike Sappho. Well, the NFL season opened up Thursday, but the real opening day is tomorrow. So let's welcome to the show once again, third-round pick in the 2006 NFL Draft, 10-year NFL veteran, offensive lineman for the Cincinnati Bengals, and current president of the NFL Player Association, Eric Winston. What's going on, my dude? <laughs> and the crowd goes How's wild. <laughs> How's it going? Thanks for having me. I really do appreciate it. I know going you guys... into my 11th year now. All right. Now he's showing off a little bit. Yeah? Now, I don't know hey, if you know that. You're not going to dock me a year. I'm not going to let you do it. <laughs> <laughs> They've been too hard. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. I'm not in the league. I've never played in the NFL. I, you know, I, I, when I first saw you, I was like, athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get but that then I was like, you know, maybe it doesn't have that top end speed that you need. Well, that's what it is. You still, you're still, in the 11th year. You still get the giddiness, the butterflies. You're super, super excited opening day? I mean, it's an excitement, I think, opening day as far as, you know, let's get the season going. Let's see what happens. I've never been a guy that's super nervous going into a game. That's just not been me. Um, anxious maybe a little bit, but I've never, hardly ever I can, can I remember a butterfly-type game. I think, I, I guess it sounds a little corny and cliche, but I feel like if you prepare the right way, you're ready to play. I think you're more excited about to go out there and improve what you can do than what's going to happen because I feel like if you've done the work, then you know that you can do it. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the way I look at it. I'm excited about this team. I'm excited about our chances. And so I'm more anxious about just getting it going to get, you know, to, to enjoy that journey to get to where we're going more than anything. 140 games you played over them. How's the body legit holding up? Not bad. You know, not bad. I, recently, I haven't had to play too much, so I guess I feel a little bit better than most. But, uh, you know, I, when I was going through, when I started off, I guess my rookie year, I, I didn't play. Well, I played a little bit in the first half of the season. Then the last half of the season I started, and I started, shoot, all the way through every game for 120 games or something like that so to the start of my the ninth year in the league so I went from halfway through my rookie year all the way to the ninth league year starting every single game and you know there were time there were definitely times in that where you you got worn down a little bit to the end of the season but I also feel like science and also the coaches are starting to understand that it's not about smashing into each other every day that there's there's some things that you can do to, to help the guys along. And I, I know Marvin does it here. I know there's a lot of guys um, around the league that are starting to do it much more. Coaches starting to do less hitting, more mental reps. I think once you get to this level, and especially the older guys, the older team you have, I think the less physical contact you need. It's more about staying in shape, being in condition, and knowing what you're supposed to do game in and game out. I'm going to congratulate you. The U's finally ranked after that. Yes. With Florida A&M. Is that who you guys yes, played? Yes, yes. 70-3. You really put it on them. It's good to be back on top. <laughs> you follow, you follow them still or no? You oh, yeah. Alumni guys that follow yeah, them Yeah, it's hard. been hard the last few years for mm-hmm. sure. Um, 
it's been real hard. I, sometimes watching the games, I just I turn it and turn on an SEC game instead. I was like, now nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch what it used to be like. But uh, you know, I'm hoping Coach Rick gets it going again. I'm one of those. I am just one of those just fans, though. I, I, you won't hear me criticize even mm-hmm. when it's bad. I'm not gonna dog the guys out or anything like that. It, for whatever reason, you see it a lot more, and I think it's because of the social media age. For whatever reason, like you have these. I call them super fans yeah, oh, that I think it's like okay to get on Twitter and uh, to at you and to mention you and then but they go hard to, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then try to come at you and I just I kind of shake my head at that I just I don't get it I don't a lot of people go back at them and I just I just laugh and keep it moving but um, I hate it when I see like former teammates doing that almost. well that's the worst thing on the SEC that's, network we have Kentucky guys just re- fire him they, they go hard yeah I, I don't I just program. yeah that's, I don't get that it's because when you were playing and you got that, you're like, what are they talking? I mean, they, 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 yeah, it's and it's not even I, I wouldn't ever be a announcer and saying, oh, this guy should be fired unless it's for some some sort of outright just negligence. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's that's the thing of it is. It's like you don't everyone's trying so hard. It's their livelihood. Everybody's trying to do everything they can to win. And maybe they're not good enough. And at some point, you know, you move on. But. I don't think it's ever been a former player spot for their program or any other program to start calling coaches out or players out on Twitter, especially players and coaches, or especially players that don't make any money doing it. So you got two big games, though. You got Notre Dame, you're playing yeah. at Notre Dame. I was so mad. You know, our bye week is the week before that game I, in Cincy, the- and I wanted to drive up so bad. I, Eifert and I, we, we wanted to go up to get, we, we, I saw that and I was like, Tyler, I think this is our bye week. You know, we need to go up. He's like, absolutely, let's go, let's go. Unfortunately, which we're going to be, which I'm really excited about, we're going to be playing in London that weekend, Okay. which I'm really excited about. But I'm sad I was going to miss it because I'd love to go to South Bend for a game and, and to check out the Canes. But, uh, yeah, it, it, I wish I wish we would have played. But, yeah, we've got we've got a few. Them and the Florida games. State game. Yeah. That, that, that's the two Obviously, big games. Yeah, and that's coming up pretty soon. The Florida State games, I think, in a couple of weeks. I want to say maybe the start of October. Yeah, I wrote down October 8th. Yeah, and so that's that'll be a big test for us. I mean, obviously they've played well up to this point with one game. Yeah, um, I think they should, you know, if, they don't, if they're not undefeated, I think probably going into, I think, Florida State mm-hmm. it should be yeah, a little bit of a surprise. I mean, they, yeah, they don't, they don't play an overly tough schedule to start. But I also think it'll, it's good in a way. It'll give Rick time to get the team going, I think, see – see what he wants to see make some adjustments and go down the road but I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping for a lot of positive things this year I'm hoping for a big win you know if we can get one of those yeah, two, no I'm, I'm, I'm not one of those also alumni that expect 12 and 0 every year either you know like Jen and Simmons yeah Kentucky's not exactly so upset right yeah now. <laughs> it's it's like uh, why didn't you guys win the national championship well you know Thing, these other players and these other teams that are really good they as well. Yeah, too. they get scholarships and we got scholarships, so it's not like you know, it's one of those things. But I am, I'm definitely hoping that possibly we could get to the nine win barrier or something like that, a nine and three season, and just kind of get the thing, get some momentum build, building back. And bring it back to the U. Yeah, and that, and, and I think we do have some young, good young players. We got some good young players that, especially on the back end of the offensive side, that I think can be really good players and t- similar to what we've had for a long time there but they got to develop Kaya's got to I think play much better in, in a sense of mm-hmm. he's got to not only play good but he's got to elevate the game around everybody around all the other players um 
so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, 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 like I said, I'll be rooting for him. One more thing about the U, because we spoke about it last time. You were a big prospect coming out of Texas. Yep. You go to the U. Did you get a lot of shit from schools in Texas, A&M, te- for not staying local? Oh, yeah. Oh, big yeah. time, I, right? You know, not necessarily from the schools, but just from the people in Texas. Texas is like a little, as unfortunately sometimes people like to announce there, like they're like a country unto itself, and they can't ever imagine why you would ever leave the state <laughs> for any reason. Like, uh, I'm going on vacation. Oh, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to go to Washington. Why would you leave Texas? <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm coming back. I just, you know, I'm... I'm I'm going to be back in like a week. I, yeah, I don't understand. You know, I'm like, well, they don't have everything. No, they, they do. Yeah. And so the Texas, like, they don't understand why you wouldn't want to live there the whole time. Uh, I'm going to move for a couple of years and go up to New York. Why? Why would you do that? It's like, I'm coming back. Like, <laughs> this is still so my it's, home. Yeah, it's, it is. And God bless them. I mean, they're, it's, that's, I think, what makes Texas pretty special as well is that the passion for it. Everybody loves the place. And it is. It's a great, great state. But it, uh, yeah, that's you definitely. I definitely caught a lot of flag. It's amazing. I, I still will. I'll get a catch a random question like, why don't you go to Texas? I'll be playing in a charity golf tournament. I, I swear this has happened many times. I'll be playing in a charity golf tournament in the off season in Texas, and I'll be playing with a random business guy. And I was like, oh, where'd you go? He's like, oh, I went to AM. I was like, oh, okay. And then we'll get two holes down. And he goes, so why didn't you go to AM? It's like, like, jeez. Like, we're still talking about this? It's like, it's like 16 years ago. It's like, seriously, like 15 years ago. We're still talking about this? I can't believe it. All right, we're sitting here in New Jersey, dirty Jersey. You just got back from the Freedom Tower tour. Yeah. What did you think of it? Awesome. You know, we didn't get to do, I mean, obviously, everything. We didn't get to go into the tower. Um, we saw, obviously, the beautiful waterfall where the old footprint of the, uh, of the other of the big buildings were. Um, saw some of the uh, architecture, obviously, that they're building up mm-hmm. around there. It's it's beautiful. I mean, it's really, it's just, I, I was one of those guys that, and obviously being far away from it, it's, I don't, you know, you guys being New Yorkers have a, probably a much different feel about it, but I was one of those guys that like, man, let's build those buildings in the same spot and build them higher than they yeah, were yeah. before. You know what I mean? And that, that was always my feeling on it, but they did, I think, a great service to everyone involved in that. I mean, the, the memorial is beautiful, the names. Yeah, that's uh, intense. Uh, yeah, it? it's, it's really, it is. It's, it's, um, it, the, you know, the, little fun fact that i we got from the tour guide there because i asked him i say so is this the exact footprint of the buildings it looks a little small even though it's a, mm-hmm. a big square she's like well no it is a little smaller there's some zoning issues etc but there's a ring of oak trees that surround the pools and though that is actually the exact footprint. oh i didn't know that yeah so the oak trees and they just planted them like three four years ago however many years from now they're expected to be 60 feet tall those oak trees and will bend in towards the pool and they will all interconnect really at some point i make a little so, canopy yeah so it's really neat I, I hope to come back at some point and do the freedom tower and go well, up to the, the top well, can aside, i know you guys come back when you're playing the giants dead serious and jen will tell you we do whenever anyone comes up here no lines we get there super early right to the top like all private tours and seriously if That's you guys awesome. want to come yeah, we'll set absolutely. that up I just actually just... Off- you just show the badge and get right in? Yeah, well, kind of. I, I, I get a <laughs> phone call beforehand, and I, and I bring them food, and then we, we're good. We just did it with the Empire State Building the other day. One last question, because I want to hear about the NFLPA president sure. thing. That's pretty cool. Maybe I'll do that after I finish up what I do for work. You go to these cities. I know a few people go out now. We just talked about it. Does it, it doesn't bother you like you're here in a hotel. Like, I'm thinking, oh, wow, the Mangos are playing in L.A. They get to go 
travel throughout. You don't. Yeah. It's nothing like no, that. It's the not. Day before. It's not like that at all. You know, sometimes when we go like a West Coast, like we'll go play in wherever San Fran. We'll go out there on like a Friday night, but we get in Friday night. You know, we have. You know, we might have like the half a day on Saturday, and that's it to go do something. Maybe do a dinner, but yeah, most of these trips are leave Saturday early afternoon, get in mid mid, mid to late afternoon. You have two, three hours tops to visit with people or whatever. You stay pretty close. You have, we'll have a dinner tonight. We'll have meetings. Yeah. And then it's bed. And then you wake up. Buses leave probably 9 a.m., 9.30 a.m. to go to the stadium for the 1 o'clock game. You get done with the game. You immediately go to the airport, and you're back home. I mean, I'll probably be back home tomorrow night to catch second half of Sunday Night Football. Unbelievable. So, I mean, that's, it's a pretty – I mean, it's, it's a relatively quick turnaround. Now, how about London? You guys can have a little sightseeing time there or not really? No. Um, that's that's <laughs> the one I'm upset about. Yeah. I, I was like, let's get done with the game on Sunday and head right there. I got a lot of items to see. I got to go see Big Ben. I got to go see the Queen. Let her know I'm coming. You know, like all this. And um, – you know, so I'm I'm upset about that because I really want to. We're flying, so I, from what I've been told is I think we're flying out like on a we're doing a Thursday practice okay. and then flying out that night, and so we get in Friday morning and immediately go back into practice to try to acclimate. I think, and then we have some sort of like I'm sure the NFL has done this. They love to babysit um, <laughs> that we have some sort of uh, team team organized function Friday night. So no one's hitting the streets. Yeah, no one. And then, uh, and then I think Saturday possibly we'll have like three or four hours during the day, so we can go to one thing and then come back. And you look excited about that. How does one become NFLPA? How do you? Be- you have the president of the NFL Pledge Association, which is insane. Yeah, uh, bad luck. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, um, so uh, you know, when I was a when I was a rookie, um, I've always been into I guess politics a little bit. Just been into uh, naturally inquisitive, wanted to know how things work, why things. And when I was a uh, rookie on the Texans, we had a guy on there named Mark Bruner, who was a longtime player. My rookie year, he might have been in his 12th or 13th year. He played, he was a first round pick for the Steelers, played tight end for the Steelers for a long time. I, I want to say he came over to the Texans either in the inaugural season or maybe a year or two after. So he'd already been in Houston for a couple of years, and he was on the executive committee. And uh, so the executive committee, so you have the president, and the executive committee are 10 vice presidents by the constitutional name. But they're, the over, they're kind of the older statesmen, the, and the 30, each team has one elected rep. Okay. So all 32 teams have an elected rep. They also have two alternate reps. So each team has three reps, and um, and then you have ten executive committee members, which are like I said, they've been probably around the PA a long time. They were a rep, a team right. rep at one sure. point, and then you have your president. And then obviously on the professional side, you have an executive director who's D Smith right now, and he they do the day to day things in Washington, okay. day in and day out. So when I got there, I I knew that's what he did. He had already kind of taken me under his wing as far as showing me how to be a professional how to plan, how to work out, when you got to get there. You know, just a lot of the little things that slip through the cracks. So sometimes you're not taught, and if you don't just naturally see it or do it, that you might not realize how important it is. So he, had, he was already taking me under his wing a little bit. And so I just always asked him a lot of questions. Hey, you know, why are we – why is the pension set up like this? What is this? You know, tell me about this. And eventually – and every year we have a, a union meeting. 
the D Smith and the professional groups come around to every team, do an hour at least at every every team all year. Okay. You know, so they'll they're there. They're actually out on the road doing them now. And uh, he's like, hey, the union means today. Make sure you're there, and a lot of your questions can be asked, et cetera, et cetera. So we had it, and this was back when Gene Upshaw was the was the executive director, and we had it, and you know, it's just something that I was always interested in. Mark Bruner retired probably, I think, after my second year in the league. And there was a void. Chris Brown was our kicker. And at some point, I became the alternate rep. And then uh, D'Amico, Ryans, and I were the reps mm -hmm. for a while. I go to the annual. We have a big annual meeting every year that goes around in different places. And just tried to help. That was, that was really more than anything. I, I looked at it as a place where, you know, it was – it was something to me that you could really help a lot of guys or help the guys in your locker room with questions, with, you know, just a lot of random occurrences. And then, um, so go back to about, I guess, what, a little over two years from now, or two years ago, we, uh, we had a big turnover on an executive committee guys, and Dominic Foxworth, who was the previous president, was cycling off. So once you've retired, you have two two year terms. So okay. at the end of your two year term, once you retired, you're out. Okay. And so Dominic had, had had stopped playing, and he was cycling off, and probably about eight of the EC guys as well. So we had a big turnover. It was just okay. one of those big turnover, and a lot of the guys that were cycling off, the Jeff Saturdays, um, Drew Brees decided to step down because he had a lot of other stuff going on. He was the executive committee member, and just a lot of other guys were kind of looking around like, hey, we got a lot of spots. And naturally, I think their inclination was we want to make sure we hand it off to a guy that cares and wants to do a good job. And, I, you know, I, I went into it. I'd been a rep a long time. I've been a rep in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. And I thought, hey, you know, maybe I'll be on the EC or something. Maybe, you know, I'll throw my hat in the ring for that. And a lot of guys started coming up to me and just saying, hey, you know, I think you should run for president. You should do that stuff. So, you know, I, I said, listen, you have to be nominated. You can't just yeah, I'm gonna put yourself it. in. And, uh, and I said, listen, if I'm nominated, I'll do it. But I'm not going to go out whipping votes and <laughs> campaigning. Ask and say, hey, nominate me, nominate me. Um, so, long story short, Matt Hasselbeck nominated me. Oh, that's cool. And I uh, gave a little speech, ran against two other guys, and, uh, and uh, was humble. It was, was just uh, I got enough votes and ended up uh, ended up coming in, and then last March I was reelected for another term. What, not legacy? What's the biggest thing that you saw had to be changed, and what's the biggest thing you want to change? And please don't tell me eighteen games. Yeah, because yeah, 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 yeah. as fans, let me as fans, we're like eighteen games, yeah. and it's funny. I was the more you interview pl like players and get to know them, it's like, dude, they shouldn't be playing sixteen. Yeah. Then, it's not normal, yeah. the, the wear and tear. Yeah, there. exactly. So what's the, the biggest change you wanted to do and that you think had yeah, to be done? Yeah, so my whole th idea was, listen, like, we're, we're in the middle of this 10-year CBA when I was elected. And we were, I guess, two years in at that point or three years, you know, two or three years in at that point. And I said, listen, you know, there's not going to be a lot of major changes over the next four to six years, right? There's just not. I mean, mm -hmm. we're, at some point we'll start – renegotiating a new CBA. But until then, you know, we've got to build this bridge from the guys that went through it in 11 to the guys that are going to go through it in 21. Okay. We've got to shore up our own house. We've got, to, we've got to do things and create programs and financial literacy and help guys understand the 
the, understand why that's important, how that's important, what's, uh, you know, do that stuff. We, we need to make sure the people such as agents and financial advisors are the right people around us. We've changed the agent exam to make it tougher, stricter standards to make sure those guys are... are On the up and up. Yeah, not just the up and up, but just knowledgeable enough to make sure that they're... they're the, you know, I always said, listen, if I, I don't want anybody... If, if, all you, if you could only get an agent and you had to pick it at random, would that guy be qualified enough to do it? And so it can't be a low standard. It's got to be a high standard to get in. So we've done some of those things. A lot of it has come by happenstance. I mean, you've seen what's happened the last three years or so, four years. You know, we, right when I was elected, about four months later, we agreed with an, uh, to a new drug policy that included HGH testing, certain performance enhancing. We revamped a lot of the street drugs and, and how that's tested and, and the, some of the sentencing and some of the discipline for that. And, you know, I, I made the comment to D. Smith at one point. I said, man, you know, when we, we get done with this, the, the, all the, the new drug policy, there's not going to be a lot going on. We can kind of get to some of this internal stuff. And he, I remember him saying, he's like, Eric, there's always something. And right after that, we had you know, all the domestic violence <laughs> things. And we, uh, we went into some of the pers- a lot of the personal conduct that we're still doing today. There's, but he was right. There's always something. There's always something going on. And, and so while you have to have that track of, okay, here, let's try to fix these things, you also have to be cognizant of the fact that, there's going to be something. There's always there's bumps gonna, in the roads. Yeah, there's bumps in the roads, but not even just the bumps. It's just going to be things that your membership at the end of the day wants and wants you to do that you might not be aware of that should be important, that should be a priority. So the big thing has been for me and is to, is to try to get my membership as involved as possible. Okay. The worst thing I think we can, can, can do and be as a, as a union and as a membership is be complacent. And it's easy because you have 10 years of like, oh, not much is going to change. But you already see that a lot has changed. And if, if as a membership we want change and we want certain things and we're going to demand certain things, then you have to be involved. And you have to be involved for that change. And so uh, one of, uh, also a big thing was we've got to be more together than ever. We've got to come together. And if you want to see change, then get involved. Quit talking about it and, and get in there and talk and, and ask about it, demand it from our professionals, and demand that, that, the, that the leadership goes in that direction. And so far, it's been pretty good. So far, we've gotten guys um, to buy into that, and we've gotten good attendance at our meetings and all the other things. And I think guys are realizing that that was my big thing is like, hey, this is your union. And this, is, this isn't anybody else's. This isn't D's or anybody, the professional guys. This is our union. We set the course. We decide what the objectives are going to be. They execute it. And I think pounding that message home has, has helped some and, and has, has got our guys going. You enjoy doing it? I do. I enjoy doing it for the same reason why I enjoyed being a rep, was that it's the most effective place to help. You know, I, you know I, last year, as a perfect example, during... After a camp practice, I was on a phone with a guy for an hour, a player, who was worried that he might have had a reoccurrence of cancer, and but he was worried that he was going to get cut and lose his health insurance because he wasn't vested yet, and another and he wasn't sure how that was going to work, how what it was what it was possibilities, and so just giving him peace of mind of being able to say, hey, listen, this is this is what's going to happen if you are cut, if you're not cut. We got your back doing it for these steps. 
that that's not a, I mean that feels good just from a standpoint of that's why I got in it was yeah. to help guys was to help them navigate these windy roads of life sometimes but also too I enjoy I enjoy trying to come up with sometimes complex solutions to some of these problems I mean at the end of the day our relationship is the same sort of relationship of any other union in a lot of way. We're talking about wages, hours, working conditions, and health and safety. Mm-hmm. The same thing that the guys that work on top of the, these massive structures building, the Teamsters, the, you know, all, it's, it's, it's the same staples of a typical union. And, and so at the end of the day, we have that same sort of labor management relationship with the NFL. We're always going to have some sort of they're just going to see things differently than we will sometimes. And that's just, that's, that's okay. But we have to be, we have to try to find a way to come up with some solutions to some of these complex problems that we're heading into. That's a good answer. So I had no chance of being the NFL PA president. No, you got to actually play. <laughs> well, I'm friends with people. I know we're going to talk some serious stuff right now. What are you benching right now? What am I benching right now? You know, it's funny. When you're in college, it's all about maxes, right? It's all about oh, how much can you throw up. Like, you're in college, you know, they want to put it on the board yeah, of course. so they can recruit guys. You know, like, oh, yeah, we had this cornerback come in, and now he's benching 400 pounds. I'm like, well, he's a corner. I don't know if that's going to really help him. But, um, and that was always a big thing. When you get into the pros, it's more about, about staying healthy. And you're lifting. You know, I've never heard this before until I came in the NFL. Okay. The weight coach will say, whatever you do, don't get hurt. Just don't get hurt in here. You know what I mean? Because they know, like, hey, you're getting paid. Like, there's someone paying you to play football now. The last thing they, the owner wants to see or that general manager, head coach, you getting hurt in the weight room. <laughs> I mean, imagine, like, you're the starting whatever. Uh, yeah, he kind of hurt his back squatting today. He did what? You know what I mean? That's that's the added. So, in, not to say that we don't lift and mm-hmm. some at times we lift heavy. But there's not that same emphasis on trying to just hit a number. Yeah, just hit okay. some crazy number. Like I'm going to bench press 500 pounds. It's more about hey, what sort of muscle endurance can I build up? So very rarely do we do reps of less than three or four. All right. So in, at the U, what were you, what were you benching? Not a good bencher. Probably max of 340, maybe. I still, I think I still have the power clean record for offensive lineman, though. Sim is very impressed with the 340. Yeah. I saw, right. it's, I, I, like I said, it's, I still think I got the power clean record, which was like 370. Height and weight. What are you, 6'7"? How much you weighing? About 310. Holy shit. All right. I know you're married now. Your wife is beautiful. I just told Jen walking in, your wife's stunning. Before you were married. How do you know that? I Googled no, her. Just, <laughs> <laughs> we, how the hell are you creepy? Uh, yeah. uh, Jennifer, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what else coming in? Offensive linemen have groupies. I'm being dead serious, not trying to be funny. Like you guys, no. Like the receivers, the cornerbacks, the obviously quarterbacks. Offensive linemen. Yeah, you know, we've got a few pretty boy offensive linemen that, okay. that that build up a build up a crew. Um, especially with social media now, it's See, that's, social media. They crush you. Yeah, with it, yeah. yeah. It's it's uh, the Twitter streets are yeah. <laughs> can be dangerous sometimes. Um, yeah, there's a couple guys on the O line that have a. They have some groupies, probably. I'm, I'm glad I'm not one of them. But, uh, you know, it's funny, too. Is I, I see it in other sports where, you know, if you're, especially if you're a baseball team, you go into a city and you stay there three or four days. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're routinely there. You're there yeah, three or four times a year. Like the Yankees you kind of build mm-hmm. up friends in those cities and AKA groupies or whatever. Whereas in football, like I said, you know, we're in and out. So like, we never really meet any of the locals at all. I mean, you saw it coming in here. The hotel's got a security perimeter yeah. 
um, inside of it. And so we're on private floors, everything. We go straight from here to the bus to the game, from the game to the airplane and back home. But so you nailed it. The Yankees play in Boston 16 times a year. Yeah. So they're meeting people. Oh, you ever you always hear the Chipper Jones stories, right? You know, he's got a girlfriend in every city. That's the Antoine Walker story. They said, they said <laughs> yeah. he had like twenty phones. <clears throat> you memorabilia guy? You collect any from other players or anything? Yeah, just- yeah. No, I've never been that guy. I've, I have a couple of friends that that have done helmets, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. Okay, jerseys, obviously, but I never, I, for whatever reason. I never. I guess I hope it doesn't leave me, but I get a lot of the memories are up in the head. Yeah, do, do that you, are just they're they're that they're memories. I don't I don't I don't. I, I said never did the collectibles necessarily. I've got a few things, but nothing like I don't have like a vast like, like oh, after the game. You're not asking for people. Yeah, do yeah. You regret no. that? Like you like shit? I should have got so and so's jersey or should have. Yeah, got- maybe. I mean, you know, maybe I should have uh, started that at an early part or, or somehow got a picture with a guy at the end. You know, something like that. But you know, it's. Like I said, I, I guess it's never been something that I've been into or, or been a part. Of. It's it's funny. I've got things of other sports more than I really. Oh, really? Have Why, what's, your, what's your favorite sport? Uh, growing up was probably baseball. Who's your team? Braves, because they were on TBS okay, when I was growing okay, up. Okay, I'd come okay. home from school and I'd watch them. You know, Mar- uh, you know Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz, of course, Smoltz, Chipper, Lemke. Chipper, Lemke. Uh, uh, Blouser was shortstop. Terry Pendleton, Terry Pendleton switching at, th- at, at third base. <laughs> you know, Justice early on. That was great. You know, they were they had a great they had great squads for so long. They should have um, won more than one title. Yeah, they should have oh, oh, yeah. beat the Yankees yeah, in '96 yeah. when sh- you guys were up two games. Yeah, they uh, they had a they had a great rotation for so long, especially even in the playoffs. But you know, I, I played everything growing mm-hmm. up: football to basketball to baseball, and and did all that. So I. I I'm a big sports fan in general, and I, I can be happy going to a baseball game or a basketball game or whatever. So, I mean, maybe that's why. A lot of the quote-unquote experts are picking the Bengals first or second. Obviously, you guys don't read that because it's so funny. I was on ESPN before. I was at work today on ESPN. You'll be surprised how many guys do read that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Because, like, I saw it in ESPN. Uh, like, can you believe what he said about me? <laughs> it's gotten so – and then, then, like, this and then like this PFF thing, you know, this, like, pro football focus yeah, yeah. where they grade guys. <laughs> Which is completely absurd. Oh, they take that no seriously. So many guys take. I mean, I, it's hard not to though. I mean, think about it. Think about if someone came around that wasn't a police officer yeah. that then graded you at being a police officer. <laughs> it's so absurd. That's a, that's know, a, they, they, none of those guys have not coached, have not played. Mm-hmm. They're like, but nah, they've given you your rating. They didn't get that block. <laughs> like, <laughs> how does that work? And then, but the funny thing is, and, and this is like a. I guess a societal, to me, a societal plague in general is like people see that and they're like, "Oh yeah, that's what he had. That's he's not very good. He didn't have a good game." And I'm like, "Like, do you even want?" I and it's like it's so funny because you see people like just get information on Twitter mm-hmm. and or on the internet or wherever, and they don't question it. They're just it's like, yeah. Yeah, they don't care about and there's yeah. no more intangibles. Yeah. Remember, Jeter, Jeter can't play shortstop anymore. Well, why? Yeah. Well, because he three balls he should have got. Like, yeah. Stop it. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's no intangibles yeah. anymore. It's, you missed the Can block. you get to that ball? <laughs> no, you can't get to that I ball. Could. ball. I'm, yeah. I'm overly athletic. Yeah. Obviously, you can tell that. It's going to bother you in your job, of, though. Of course it does. Oh, it's like, you know, crime's at an all time high. It's of like, course. it's actually not. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, or whatever. You know, I'm sure the things that it's the same thing. Like, because you're an. an not necessarily you personally, but obviously the NYPD is always in the always, in the papers course. and this and that, and and obviously with a lot of things going on around the country, it's got to be frustrating 
in a lot of ways, it's it, it's similar because you're like, that's not yeah. what's really happening. The most frustrating, and without getting all political, is like, I wasn't there for that situation. I only saw the 40-second clip without... So I never, I try yeah. never take... I don't Monday morning quarterback yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. It's like, dude, you, you, you're a lawyer or you're whatever your job yeah. is. You can't just criticize. You weren't yeah, there. You, yeah. you never once went to a job. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of hard Yeah, to, you never once went into a job ever where you could get hurt. Yeah, no, never. They never did. But yeah. they'll, they'll grade us. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, he yeah, didn't yeah. go for that block. He's scared. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. T- lower him two points. Should have gone for the mace <laughs> instead. <laughs> let's just... Let's pump the brakes. <laughs> Pump the brakes. Are you beyond? Okay. Should have used a forearm. <laughs> oh, I love. Kick I, him next time. Don't I love when they forearm. do the use of force. Why did you not use this? Why did you? Because I was you, protecting yeah. myself. What? Uh, this is overly generic. Over the Steelers loss from last year because that was the, one of the worst losses I've ever seen. It was. You know, it was it was one of the most amazing games I think I've ever mm-hmm. been a part of. You could not imagine if you were in that stadium. I mean, have you gone to a bunch of NFL games? A ton, yeah. I was yeah. at the Super Bowl when, they, when the sure. Giants beat the Patriots. You could not. I've never been in an atmosphere as contentious and as intense as that was. And I've played divisional round, away, home games, playoff mm-hmm. games, big rivalry games. It was like, It was like something out of a movie where you felt like at any point the fans were going to rush the field. And it was going to be complete bedlam. It really felt like yeah, it that. Was in, it, re- it, it really was felt like that. And and I know a lot of people, a lot of people watched the game. And was like, man, that was a really intense game. And I just tell them, I wish you were here because it was even more intense for you there. It was so, it you could just cut it the the air with a knife. How just thick and tough that game was, and it was. It was obviously heartbreaking to lose it and to lose it in the fashion that we did and, and all of that. But it was an amazing game to be a part of. I just wish more people were there because I don't feel to like – experience that. Because you know, there was a lot of games that weekend, so I don't even think the national riders to a certain extent were really there. Mm-hmm. Like where you could feel it, you were in the stands. And it was – I mean, there was at a point – and I don't think I've ever said this. There was a point in the third quarter that said, I don't know if we should shake hands after the game. I think maybe we should just all go to the separate locker room, no matter what happens. Yeah. And and we were down at like 15 points at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Not knowing, like, we were about to drive down, score, get the two-point conversion, get the ball again, score again, go up one, and be right there to win it. And even after the game, and that actually, we didn't actually shake hands after the game. They ran off, yeah. Tomlin brought the guys off the field, which was fine. Um, but, man, it was a... An unbelievable game. It was, an, and the thing that bothers me the most, and this has been the two just plagues of my career, were the two best teams I've been on. The quarterbacks got hurt, and they were out for the rest of the year. That just gutted me. In 2011, and the Texans, mm-hmm. um, we were rolling. No, oh, you guys, were we were rolling. It. We had the top defense in the league, best running offense, and the only reason we weren't highly more highly rated passing because we were running it so much and and we're in a we're in tampa bay we're just trying to run out the clock in the half we're backed up and Schaub does a quarterback sneak albert hainsworth lands on him funny and he tears his list frank mm-hmm. and we still made it to the we won a playoff game with our third string quarterback that's how good of a team we had but i really felt like that year the way we were rolling i don't think we even lose a game the rest of the year i think we've probably yeah, finished like 13 and three i think we um 
I think we're the the top seed. I don't think anybody beats us at home. I really felt like we had it that year. That was a special, special year. Just top. You look at that roster, and there's still guys in their eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh year in the league. Andre Johnson, Owen Daniels, and Owen Daniels, D'Amico Ryan's, Connor Barwin, Antonio Smith. You can go. Arian Foster, Derek Ward. Uh, the, the, I mean, the whole offensive line, Dwayne Brown was there, that game. Was Wade, Chris Meyer. That I mean, it was just guy after guy after guy mm-hmm. that – and we scattered a little bit after that year. But it was heartbreaking because that was – we still finished, I think, 11-5, and 10-6, and six, something like that. We dropped some of the couple games at the end. Mm-hmm. We still won a bunch of great games, but it was – that was the frustrating part, knowing, like, man, I think that was our chance. And then last year – Start off 8-0. I know. You know, play like crap on Monday night. Texans came in, played real well, beat us. It's fine. Lost a really close to one at Arizona against a tough team. Mm-hmm. They went to the NFC. So, you know, lose the game like that at their house, you're still feeling pretty good about yourself. And I think we win the next game, and then we have Steelers come home, and it was going to be a big game. We win that game. I think we won the division with four games left or something. And freak pass, and Andy just makes a quick tackle, hops up, nothing wrong. He's like, I think I broke my thumb. And he's out. And and what the the biggest thing that gutted me after that game was, two days later we have a team meeting to kind of and Andy walks in without a cast on, and moving his thumb around like yeah I might have been able to play. And it's just like, so you're telling me if we had a one like you could have possibly came back. And you're like, oh my so, god! But it, but that te- but that Texans team and the and the Bengals Jen's a team, huge Bengals fan, so it's yeah the Texan team and that Bengals team were very alike. Mm-hmm. I mean, two great lines. Offense, defensive line, had weapons all yeah, over the, the place. Receiver, yeah. Eiferts, you know, Freak, AJ Green. We had Speed, Sanu. All these guys were great. Our defense would, has really, really playing well. That was just that was the tough part. Was that? I mean, it's always tough when you get your you know your quarterback hurt, et cetera. But knowing really, I think how close we were. I mean, because I think again, we're the number one seed. Yeah, I know. Just, uh, Andy doesn't get it. even if we lost the Steelers. I think we beat Denver at Denver. I mean, we almost beat them anyway. And A.J., it, the greatest thing now, though, is that when you get guys hurt, you end up building depth. And A.J. McCarron's really stepped up and played well. And, uh, you know, if something happens this year, I, I think we'll be very we'll, – we'll be still really good to go because A.J.'s played those games and he can step in and play right away. All right, a couple more things. You've been on for a while. I really appreciate it. I'm having a good time with you. Sounds cliche. How bad do you want the ring? It's something you just – like you, oh, yeah. like dying is really dying for yeah. it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'd be. Because no, some players are like, that's oh, well, it, I just want to. That's it, right? Yeah, that's what it's all about. I mean, it's it's what it's all about. Now, I mean, you start. You can ask me about. Would you rather? No. Then, then, <laughs> there's. I mean, you can start bargaining over it. But <laughs> no, it's it's something that. You know, being in my position now as a as a president, you go to the Super Bowl, and the old adage is, you never go to the Super Bowl unless, you unless you're playing mm-hmm. it. So I, I have I have to go to the game because we do some things and just kind of be seeing hey, sure. congrats, things like that. But after going to the game, my first game went to was the Seattle New England game. Oh. You're just like, like this is what it's like, you know. And then last year, another, I mean, it wasn't as it's it, a different game, it, well, but it was, it was still a great Brady, game. Yeah, so it was Manning and, in it, Man Newton. It was just, it was a special game. Yeah, and you're just thinking to yourself, this can be me. Yeah, it's like, how awesome would this be? That's what I mean. That's that's just like how awesome would this be? And it, I mean, it's got to be absolutely gutting if you don't win it. But at the same time, 
yeah, I, it just that's it, that's definitely high on the list. And um, <laughs> winning a ring, that's pretty high on the yeah. list. Yeah, yeah, that's that's all the way up there. All right, couple things because I looked up your high school. You have crazy alumni that went to your high school. Yeah, give me. I wrote down the five who I think are the biggest. Give me the two biggest alumni from your high school. Simba, listen to these answers. Not, not, not just sports, right? No, no, not sports. It's because uh, I would say the biggest aren't sports. Barbara Bush. Or not Barbara Bush, but uh, Laura Bush. Laura Bush, okay. Uh, General Tommy Franks. Okay, those are two. I wrote one other Cedric one. Cedric Benson. Yes. Um, uh, I got an actor on Tommy here. Tommy Lee Jones. Yes. Did, did he go to Lee? He did. Okay, Tommy Shit. Lee Jones did go to Lee. Right, there's one more. A Yankee. Um, oh, Randy Velarde? Yeah. Yeah, Randy's like, I know. I mean, I, you knew. I mean, Randy's from, like, he... Like he's like I, I know him well, but his daughter was like you know I think a year older than me. Oh he's really? Around. Oh yeah, he's around. Oh, so like he, got, he would live in Midland, I think, in the off season. Oh really? Yeah, so he was. Like, a, oh, he was around. He's one yeah. of the guys like, why'd you leave Texas? This no, <laughs> not so much that, but yes, he's like him and his forearms were five no, nine and forearms just jacked. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he played at he played at Lee, and then Mike Tomlin, I don't remember a pitcher. He played at Milton High. Yeah. Oh, he did, played at the other one. Oh, yeah, he, so. he, he didn't make my list. Yeah, no, but he was at the other high school. But, yeah, we have, like, crazy – you know, George Bush, like, grew up there yeah, for, no, it's, until, like, uh, I, high I school. I looked at you, so that's crazy that people went there. Yeah, yeah, Midland's a – you know, Midland's Friday Night Live. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. I know. So it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting town, a lot of history there. The book, that book is one of the best books of all time. It yeah, really the is. books is pretty awesome. Okay, I asked you this last time. Let me know, see if the answer changed because now you're big time. Coolest person <laughs> on your phone. You just say next time you Coolest come. Coolest person. Wait, listen, phone. and don't don't do the whole your wife thing. Cause I no, she's not that cool. Yeah. Uh, Remember, because um, you're coming out. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm keeping you to this thing. Coolest person. I guess like, sports related, not sports related. Way, we're at the bar, and we want to impress some people. Like, hey, look who I can text. Because I have people on my phone. They don't text me back, but they're on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Rose is in my phone. He doesn't text me back anymore. Pete Rose is in here. He did seven minutes on my show, hung up. Like, we were just, like, talking. But he's like, seven minutes, anything over that, you got to pay me. I'm like, okay. I'm in the middle of a question. Click. Because I'm like, oh, let's just do He's on my phone. He doesn't write back. So the coolest person that will write back to you if you text them. Uh, Kirk Herbstreet. Uh, That's pretty good. Is that pretty good? I don't know. I guess I got uh, Shane Battier. Okay, well, he's, he's a Duke guy. We're Kentucky fans, so <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't impress us. Well, that, those are pretty uh, good answers. All right. I mean, that's I'm pretty, pretty up there, I'd say. Um, Tyler Eifert. <laughs> Relax, Jen's cheering. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I'm trying to think uh, anything outside of that. Um, those are solid ones. Yeah. I've got an, uh, I got an email back. I actually got an email back from Marco Rubio. That's actually really, really cool. So, that is. See, yeah, I'm, I'm I, politics, email, so I, think I know. Cool. I have a friend that is really good friends with him. Okay. And South Florida, my obviously I went to Miami, and he's a huge. Well, he's a Gator. I think Gator or Seminole, one or the other. And uh, yeah, I think he went to Good Forest State, maybe. Okay. Of course, I can't remember, but he's from South Florida, so he's followed the Canes and big Dolphins fan, big NFL fan. Yeah. So I got to meet him one time. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, actually, yeah, I sent an email. Thank you. Sent it back. I was like, "Oh, that's awesome." So, yeah, that's. I would say that's the extent. Oh, that, Tom Brady, obviously. Oh, you, that's, oh, you got a yeah. solid. We got it. You got a solid list. Better than yeah. my list. What does thirty-two-year-old Eric Winston say to seventeen-year-old Eric Winston? <sighs> Shut up and listen. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's a good question. Obviously, I, you always think you know everything, right? Yeah, that's how I've always been. Like, oh man, eighteen years old, got it all figured out. Then you like graduate from college, like, man, I was really stupid when I was eighteen. And then you think you're like, but now I got it figured out. Then when you're thirty, you're like, I was an idiot when I graduated college. So, 
it's always like this con- I, the one thing I guess I've learned is just to just listen observe ask questions and and learn as much as you can because there's always it's like again it's cliche but there's so much out there to learn and it's so easy now At the, with technology it's made it literally mm-hmm. so easy you can learn anything if you really wanted to like you really you could learn anything if you really wanted to and so my thing would be yeah i guess probably turn off the tv read more because that's something I, i've i've gotten like you don't realize how much get, get rid of your time sucks because i think yeah. everyone has a time suck and they don't realize how much more productive you'd be if you just got rid of it. You mentioned the reading. I'm an obsessive reader, but I, I never was until a few years ago. So everyone's like, oh, you must have been the greatest student. I'm like, no, I just started reading a book a week, like maybe like Bro, a couple of years ago. I'm obsessed with reading now. I, I got through college somehow, and I don't think I read one of the textbooks. Well, you I went to, to the class you, every you day. You went to the U. Come on. I went to the, cla- I went to class every day. I'd write notes. I'd do the thing. But that's how I got by. I don't even think I really knew how to study when I was in college. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, actually... Be, being in a this professional setting has actually helped a lot with that. And like you said, like for whatever. And my dad was always a reader. I'm like, oh god, how can you read all those books? He'd read all the Tom Clancy novels yeah. and everything. And then I found myself like early mid twenties, and I just I picked up, I started reading. And not to say I'd never read a book, but you know, I wasn't I wasn't interested. And 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 man, I now I rip through books in the off season. I said, I'll tell you, I read. Ri- read all the time. Read all different sort of things. And it's awesome. I mean, it's real. It's it's just been. But that whole thirst for learning, unfortunately, <laughs> happened after I left college. I wish I could tell him like stop. Like just every third Friday, don't go to the bar <laughs> and just actually just go over your notes a few times. Like I would have gotten, I would I would have actually gotten a few more A's than I should. I, I should have gotten way more than I did. But that was like. You nailed it with the question, like, what would I say to... That's what I do. I read now, like, obsessively. Like, and there's... I'm reading all these books, and I interview all different authors. And then my favorite interview, I'm, I just sit there and, like, I'm a, in awe of them. Like, yeah. I should have read you 15 years ago. I should have read you 20 years Anytime ago. Anytime I've met anybody that writes a book, I'm like, how can you possibly do that? How can you put that many words together? It's it's unbelievable. I, just the whole look at... I've I met a few authors. Mm-hmm. How the hell do you write a book like that's you gotta you gotta have a long story to write a book i had mark bowden on he's the one who wrote black hawk oh, down yeah, black hawk and down. killing pablo yeah. I, I went to columbia i come back i email him he wrote back yeah i'll do your show he you know he's bobby bowden's nephew is he yeah he told me that which is crazy and i'm like um you wrote books he's like yeah i went to columbia and like all the research that he did like i'm just fascinated that's what's got to be amazing about right like how much because you know they say like making a movie or making a documentary you shoot a thousand hours to get to right so i'm thinking it's got to be the same when you're writing a book you got to do a thousand hours of research to get you know to what or a thousand whatever pages of research to said, get to 200 or to 100 a page i said something. i wish you would do more about escobar like because it was just like the towards end of his yeah. career killing pablo and he's like i had around 2,000 pages he's like no one's gonna read an encyclopedia he's, he's so ripe he's like i'm like what do you do with the pages like they just sit in a corner I'm like unbelievable. It's unreal. All right, so we're gonna wrap it up now. Roger Goodell makes thirty million. NFL PA president makes around that, or if only, <laughs> if only. <laughs> I uh, I make exactly thirty million dollars less <laughs> um, being the PA president than Roger Goodell. Yeah. Okay. It's, got- it's, a, it's it's a, it's like being an offensive lineman. It's a little bit of a thankless job. Uh, we're gonna finish up with this one, okay? You don't have to say anything. It's not controversial. Don't worry. <clears throat> you know Michael Rappaport? 
Yeah. You ever hear his podcast? I, I've, everyone keeps telling me I oh. need to listen to it. I no, heard it's, it's really good. It's un, no, I'm telling you, it's the best podcast yeah. in the world. He's awesome. I've, I've been rolling to me. I'm trying to get him on. So here's the option you have. You, have, you can answer one of the two questions, all right? He, you, you know his line, what a stick man is? No, I, have, I haven't heard okay. any of his. So he, he's talking. I just like, remember as Remy from yeah, Higher Learning. Yeah. That's it. He's like so-and-so stick man, just like cleans up with the chicks, like uh. consummate stick man. So you can tell me, whoever's not married, biggest stick man you ever played with, or you can tell this famous seagull story. Famous what? The famous seagull story from the bachelor from party. <laughs> I, I, I'll I, do both if you want. Yeah, I yes, yes, yes. I want the biggest stick man because I'm going to tweet it. I'm going to text him right now. Well, DM him because he won't. Man, be I don't want to blow anybody's like cover. He's yeah, I know. It's it. You got to do it. Come on, it's a, a buddy of mine. Um, well, actually, the guy who <laughs> got the seagull was a great stick man as well. Who was that? Dave Anderson. Okay, so tell that story. All right, so I played. I came into the, the league with a guy named David Anderson. Um, so he was a seventh round pick in my in 06 and from Colorado State. Owns a lot of. He's think Wes Welker, same okay. same build, kind of look alike, same diff, same. Played the same thing, played slot, and uh, played for the Texans for, I think, five years and played for the Redskins for another one or two. And uh, came from Colorado State, owns, like, a bunch of Colorado State receiving yards. I don't know if he still did, but at the time when he was coming out, he did. And just a a 5'10", good-looking guy, built, put together, everything. No, not about me. I'm talking about Dave Anderson. Yeah, 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 Dave. Yeah, okay, let me get back to that. (laughs) Um, And uh, could just had that ability, you know, he, he... just had the had had the je ne sais quoi as they say you know i mean he just had it had the uh had the ability to to clean up fast forward to our mutual friends bachelor party that we were on we we're in miami beach okay and he comes from la so i think he's used to doing some beach tricks this and that he's like okay watch this he digs this hole out and everybody's kind of messing with the seagulls or whatever he digs the hole out and he covers himself with a blanket and then he puts a couple of food right next to you. He's like, I'm going to catch one of those seagulls. He's like, like, there's no way you're going to catch a seagull. I'll catch a seagull. It's like, I've never seen anybody catch a seagull. He's like, okay, I'll catch a seagull. So he starts digging. He's digging. He gets his body in there. He's digging. Then he covers himself up, and he's real still. And he puts, like, these, like, food crumbs, like, right right by the blanket. Or right on, like, kind of, and then he just stays still. Then he feels one of those seagulls come up, and he just snatches it. He just comes out. The blanket comes off. Everything comes off. He grabs the seagull, and he, and he looks at me. He's like, the guy caught a seagull. <laughs> so that was uh, it's pretty amazing. Like, I've never seen it since. I think it was on YouTube at one point, but I don't know if it's still there. Pretty amazing. Like, I still, to this day, I haven't seen anybody else ever catch so- a seagull. He's a stick man, and yeah. he did the seagull story. Yeah, and he did the seagull. And I, I guess that kind of goes together, right? Yeah, I mean, of course. If you're a good stick man, you can do something like like you're a good seagull catcher, yeah, right? You, you in, have, in a way. You like, have to do yes. something that you, yes, like, you stand out. We all go to the beach. We all yeah. look good. You, if you get the seagull, you're the stick man. That's yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. He's, uh, Dude, I, I'll be honest. I had a great time. I appreciate you coming down, and I really do mean it. When you come back for the Giants, we're going to go to the game. Uh, when the guy in the Giants got his tickets. But I, I'm serious. I'll take you up on it. I'll take you anywhere you want in the city. We get private awesome. tour, and I mean that, bro. Awesome. I appreciate it. All Thanks, right. man. Bro, thank you so much. Stay right. healthy this year, All okay? Right. Thanks, bro. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> no. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.